let's take a look into what exactly powers the power of drones. Welcome to the Flare Delta Podcast, where we bring in leaders within the drone community and discuss their insights, perspectives, and unique journeys through the unmanned industry. I'm your host, Randall Warnes. In this episode, I sit down with Rod Dayrit of Delta Q. Rod's extensive background in the mobile industry has moved to the battery charging space. We discuss the parallel path of drones and cell phones and the intricacies of working with drones. So before we get into kind of talking about how you fit into the drone industry, tell me a little bit about what is Rod outside of work? What kind of things do you get into, hobbies, things that kind of make you who you are? I'm a sports fanatic and my wife is a sports fanatic. That's kind of how we got together. You know, uh, I come from a sports town. Where? I come from Chicago. Okay. So football, baseball, basketball, that's all in my DNA. And really it's, it's just a daily basis of following sports. Both my wife and I are competitive, so it's really good that I have somebody to watch it with especially if she's on she's on the same side I'm sure for sure yeah yeah I live in that world as well so that's good so Delta Q is associated mostly with battery or charging technology can you walk me through exactly what is the foundation of Delta Q and then how that fits into the drone space okay so Delta Q is a charger based company we have relationships with battery suppliers it should be that way because we rely on them they rely on us in terms of how we came about, we actually were a battery charging company that was developing solutions for the automotive space. Automotive space around the 2007 timeframe, one of our first big projects was working with the company Delphi and developing a solution for the first generation Chevy Volt. A lot of the development and learnings we had from there are actually instilled in the technologies that we incorporate into our products today. 2007, 2008, everybody knows it was an economic downturn. EVs were really not primed for the public interest. We took our learnings from that, developed products for the industrial and commercial space. We started out doing chargers for forklifts as well as for the golf cart industry. Now, how that kind of relates to what we believe will be essential and critical products for the UAV market, particularly the commercial space, is our high ruggedness and reliability of our chargers. That's one one thing that we've learned from the automotive space on how to create a reliable product that is sustainable for a good eight to 10 years. For the most part, we believe that the commercial UAV space is something that will value a lot of key principles in our design as well as the power levels. So that's one of the other aspects where we believe with longer flight times that that people are requiring or bigger payloads, the higher power that they're gonna require from their battery is also gonna need that on the charging side. Right, so when I envision a battery charger, drones are out of of the box thing. I pull out the charger, I plug it in, I know exactly what to do with it. You just charge a battery. What makes a charger different from one charger different from another? Yeah, so typically that is what a charger is known to be. In our industry, we call that a dumb charger. It's something that's plug and play, plug it into the battery or the application, it charges, green light comes on, fully charged, you're done, take it out, right? The biggest difference here is that now that quality and safety are bigger aspects, especially for something in the air, you want to be able to have 
communications with the battery and the charger alike along with the system, right? So a lot of the chargers that we create and develop actually incorporate communications interface and we work off the CAN protocol or CAN bus interface that allows real-time diagnostics of what's happening actually with the battery and the charger as a system. There are so many different things where you could actually get the batteries to control how the charging algorithms or, or parameters are set right so that you could optimize the battery performance and that's really key and critical to a lot of these mission critical applications such as UAV application so where you would fit into the space is not necessarily for the types of drones like a DJI Phantom you're talking about much more I guess heavy lift type products or things that might not even be on the market today correct correct yeah so I mean with the DJI platform they really have a standardized system and it's really off-the-shelf product that you could buy right there's a bunch of resellers as you know mm -hmm. that resell their product distribute their product and whatnot what we're trying to establish is sort of a system that follows parallel segments so you're seeing in the automotive space the battery management as well as how you charge and discharge the battery are key and critical to the life and safety and reliability of the battery. Same goes for a lot of other parallel segments in the industrial, commercial, and the prosumer space. Mm -hmm. So we're seeing that in market segments like material handling forklifts that are moving that way. We're seeing that in AMRs or autonomous mobile robots. They are valuing a smart and intelligent charging system with battery communications to the system to say state of health, state of charge and whatnot. That's really what we're trying to get at because the more you know in the system, like you probably know, the more data you have, the better you could equip your system for optimal efficiency. Mm -hmm. So for you in the drone industry, if a, a manufacturer of these large platforms that would need you know, this sort of, or, or have these sorts of concerns, would you be one of the OEMs they would reach out to to say, we need something better than just a, a dumb charger, we need something more robust? Is that, who you're, is that who you're targeting or is there a value proposition behind it like speed of charging or like uh, scale that you can build these things? I mean, what? So that's actually, it's all of the above, mm -hmm. right? So you mentioned the value proposition of scale. We're all about scale. So. Our products are actually standard off-the-shelf solutions. We cater our products to certain power levels, but from the hardware perspective, they're pretty much off-the-shelf. Mm -hmm. What differentiates us is our ability to make custom algorithms for certain applications that will differentiate the same exact charger from one industry to the next. The way that we have our connector base and our partnerships that we have with the battery suppliers from the tier ones all the way to the tier threes. So that, from the scale perspective, that's the value we bring. But we're also trying to, uh, to move the discussion of the standard legacy technology. It's good, it's good for what we have currently in this, in this market space, but to take it to the next level, to get the maximum efficiency, to optimize your solution for a runtime, to understand when you're in the air, could I do real-time diagnostics of how much battery life I have, what's the state of health, what's the temperature of it? You know, just getting that information so that you could make 
concise plans on how to operate your application real time, I think that's critical. That's critical for this industry to move forward. And we're seeing it with some of the developments that we're doing with some customers in this space already. Mm -hmm. So the, what did you see in the drone industry to make you want to pursue this? I mean, what, what were the kind of key indicators or, or flags that you saw waving yeah, saying, yeah. hey, we might need you? Yeah, so one of the key indicators is the voltages that these drones are starting to operate on. Mm -hmm. It's in line with a lot of the voltages that we support. We support everything on the low voltage side, low voltage DC, all the way up to 120 volts DC, but we go as low as 24 volts. That's nominal. So that was one of the first key indicators. As soon as we saw 12S applications that were running 20 to 24 volts nominal, we're like, okay, this is something that looks appealing, but what are the power levels they're looking for? And as the market started to evolve to longer run times or higher payloads, the amount of energy that was needed actually aligned with the power that we were providing. So that was another key flag for us yeah. to say, hey, this is something that looks appealing to approach, albeit it's still emerging. Right? We, we don't know what we don't know, but it's something that we're gonna continue to monitor and support if there are opportunities that align with the offerings that we are trying to sell. Yeah, I think it's really interesting, like the concept of we don't know what we don't know. And I think that you're in a situation where having technology that's not necessarily, it wasn't naturally linked, even though drones are going to need charging facilitation, yes. it, it's not naturally linked. So you need to go and find out or tread through that water yourself to find out how you can collaborate in doing that in going through that journey, have you found the drone industry to be particularly difficult to work in or particularly easy? Have you seen any challenges in that? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I've been monitoring the industry for the past three years. Yeah. And the first two years that I've monitored it, it was pretty stagnant. Everyone wanted to use off-the-shelf lithium polymer type batteries. They didn't need any type of communication interface between the battery and charger. And I got it because the industry on the commercial side was, albeit it was growing, it wasn't growing at a fast pace. Mm -hmm. As soon as more and more of these tier ones, so to speak, started coming out with solutions and a lot more press was given, from my perspective, it paved the way to increase technology in this space. That's not to say that we're there yet. Going to these conferences, I talk with folks and ask them what type of plat charging platforms or what type of battery systems are you guys using. Till this conference, it really hasn't been anything outside the norm. But I was actually surprised at this conference that I've met several opportunities that have been transitioning to a smart system. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, you're you're the guy that comes up to someone like me at a trade show and says, "What are the you know what kind of charging technology?" And I'm like, "Man, I just it's just, it's just charger, correct? This, this thing." So exactly. I mean, I totally get where you're coming from. Where you're you've been persistent enough to keep showing up and keep asking the question, mm -hmm. because eventually you know that it's going to need to move to something smarter, something more robust, something that has reliability and capabilities that these dumb chargers don't have. Correct, correct. And I'm not saying that the current solutions are not capable of providing 
what they're looking for at this time. They're fully capable. They're selling them, they're allowing them to go, go into market and whatnot. But to take the next level and make this more disruptive and get it into the minds of, of the public acceptance, public acceptance is gonna be very difficult in the UAV space because of the fear of privacy, fear of safety, fear of reliability. I mean, there's a lot of factors yeah. that go into that, right? But safety is always gonna be critical. And safety from this perspective, the smarter you get the system, the more comfortable people are gonna be with safety on, on, on these applications. So what would be the technological advancement or where does this industry go to where you find it to be you know, fruitful for your type of business? Is it larger airframes? Is it people carrying? Is it larger payloads? What, what needs to happen for you to get where you wanna be? Well, first and foremost, yes, it needs to be on the power levels that we support. Because mm -hmm. once we go down to the power levels that, that are supported now, that's really more on the consumer space. You could take any power supply, really, and provide power to these battery solutions right now. Mm -hmm. But getting into the levels where we, we play at right now, that's going to require larger payloads. It's going to require longer run times, all of which everyone's been saying they want anyway. Right. Right. So that's one. Two, it's also the intelligent systems. They want the drone manufacturers, the UAV manufacturers have to want intelligent systems and their customers have to want it as well. But they also have to show that if they go intelligent, what's the value proposition to their customers? Mm -hmm. I believe there's a value proposition there to be made because this is an industry that will just follow the curtails of similar industries because it's one that, that relies on data. And now that you're, you're getting the ability to have soon to be 5G cellular on these drones, data will be easily transferable from my perspective. I mean, I was talking to someone on the floor today and they were saying that they were transferring data and it, it, was, it was through a remote ID type, uh, type uh, mechanism, but they were transferring that from drone to drone via Bluetooth. And I'm like, Bluetooth has limited range. Mm -hmm. Yeah, you probably are using that because it's low power, right? But I mean, if you want this to be mainstream, you're not gonna rely on Bluetooth, especially when these things are flying in space. I think having more data, having diagnostics, being able to understand real time where your battery lies, smart communications, intelligent charging, all of that will play into the value proposition we're gonna be bringing to, the, to this market. Only then, I think, will it really make sense for us to invest heavily into it. Mm -hmm. Right now, it's, it's initial phases because industry hasn't transitioned yet. So speaking of in industry transitions, I've been known to say the drone industry is like at the maybe the Nokia phone with the snake on it with the green yeah. screen and, and you came from the mobile world before. Correct. So comparing drones to cell phones to charging technology, first of all, let's start with that. Has charging technology changed a lot in the last decade or is it pretty much, I mean, it's not even a world I live in. So yeah, yeah, where yeah. are the advancements made? Is it shrinking things? Is it different boards? Is it like wire, the, the tightness of wire wires that you can spool yeah, up? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So our core has really been onboard chargers, onboard charging solutions. Mm -hmm. So batteries on a vehicle. This really doesn't pertain to the UAV space because you don't want a charger actually on the, the UAV per se. Right. 
But where it does pertain is really to the ruggedness and reliability of the case design, right? And that's something where I think you're seeing more and more in the charger space. It's not some wall work that you use to plug your laptop into, right? That's something that you're known to, to see in this space right now. I mean, not exactly a laptop charger, but it's something similar, yeah, for right? Sure. But as you start going into the field and having mission critical events where you're using these drones, you want something rugged. So I, I guess it's not really leaps and bounds different, but the ruggedness of chargers and it really relies on what's been done in the automotive space and in the material handling space, just because the reliability of chargers, it's, it's critical in that space because there's no suspension. It's subjected to heavy abuse and whatnot. So really, we're taking a lot of the learnings from those sectors and applying it to this industry that is really looking like they need a more rugged charger especially when you're talking on agriculture. Anything outdoor that the user really doesn't, or the user sees the charger as just another part. Mm -hmm. So they're not really handling it with extreme care, which is okay, Yeah. right? Because people think it's a charger, so treat it as a charger. Right. But what we've prided ourselves on is, you think it is as a charger, but we still continue to work. So what parallels are you seeing between drones and mobile? And, and you can maybe give a little bit of your background of, of yeah, where you've yeah. been and, and what that journey through the mobile development looked like. There's a lot of parallels between the mobile space and the drone space in battery technology, right? So battery technologies from the mobile space, it was really stagnant on when they were using nickel, nickel cad, cadmium and nickel metal hydride. It's really just dumb batteries. You were not really, it was just a dumb power source. Charging really didn't have much communication with the batteries. So you take the example of the Nokia phone. It's one of, they're called uh, feature phones because they're based off of what feature do I have to differentiate myself, right? But that's all it really was. It was just one feature. It was incremental features and not anything disruptive. What we're trying to do is say we need some type of intelligent charging or intelligent battery system we're kind of like the smartphones, right? Smartphones bring data. Smartphones take data and use it for a purpose. That's what we're trying to in introduce on the charging side. Mm -hmm. You have data that could be shared between several components, right? Take that data and now optimize your solution for that. I think that's really the biggest parallel that I could draw between chargers and mobile phones. Yeah, what about drones and mobile phones? It's, it's very similar because as you change the technologies with drones, you're going lithium ion. From lithium polymer, that was just two wires, Yeah. right? You go with three or four wires on using CAN bus communication. You could set how your battery runs at certain temperature ranges. You could set how your battery wants to perform if you have minimal capacity left, right? There's so many other things you could do than just have it as a main power source. Right? And technology and data communications is allowing that. I mean, we're seeing it. I mean, big data and machine learning is what's driving a lot of the industries right now. Not only the UAV space, but I mean, it's, it's driving almost all industries, right? We're seeing it. So the more data you have, the more diagnostics you're able to achieve from whatever system you build, 
you're going to be better off. It's really how you, what you do with that data and, and how you optimize your solution. So I have five fast questions sure. for you. Things you haven't seen, just give me the answer off the top of your head, okay? okay? Cool. Sure. First question. Is hydrogen cell technology a realistic replacement for lithium polymer or ion technology in the next five years? No. Why not? Infrastructure. So I believe it was last year's commercial UAV show. The way that they were structuring the solutions was, we'll give you a tank. Use the tank until it runs out. We're like, okay, so how could we replace it? How could we get... So as soon as it runs out, you let us know, we'll ship you a new one. There's no physical architecture or yeah. that you could go to that you could charge one or you could refill one of these tanks. It's like electric cars before there were charging ports in your house or exactly. you know, throughout so, the neighborhood. So it, it really comes down to the ease of use mm -hmm. and the ability for the power source. If hydrogen power was the power source of choice for the UAV space, automotive would have done it already. There's always a lot of talks on the hydrogen fuel space or a hydrogen fuel topic in the automotive space, but the infrastructure is not there. Correct. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Same, same thing here. Having something that's based off of electricity is something that everyone has already. The infrastructure is there. How do you improve and optimize that is driving more people to electric than hydrogen. Okay. Next question is who is one person that inspires you in general? Oh, that's a tough question. Well, it's, it's, it's a quick answer <laughs> it's, question. It's my mom. Okay. It's my mom. My mom, she's all about giving. That's an inspiration for me because as much as I could help someone out, I know that the world is reciprocal, right? You give what, what you can and the world will give back. That's what I truly believe. And, and my mom's instilled that in me. So I think my mom is someone I look up to. Awesome. Great answer. Um, in your work, what is the most interesting place you have traveled for work? So the interesting, most interesting place I've traveled, I think, for work, and it's, it's really interesting because I never thought that I'd go there for, for work. Mm -hmm. in, this, in this position or? It doesn't matter, any position. Just where has work brought you? Like, the reason I ask this question is sometimes when you're working, you're, you're in you know, the middle of nowhere, Alabama, or you're in the middle of Hong Kong, or you know, especially in this industry, we, we, you so, kind of get put in weird places, so, so it doesn't like, matter. So like you, like I've, I've been to like almost everywhere, because the thing is, the industries take you to, to where the opportunities are. But for me, I, I never really, envisioning when I was at Motorola, I never thought I was gonna be working with companies that do agriculture or, mm -hmm in the agriculture industry or companies that are developing forklifts, right? So that's mostly companies out, out in the south of the U.S. I never thought I would be working with people out in India developing products that are more technologically advanced than companies over here, right? So a lot of the U.S.-based companies that I've, I've worked with, what's intriguing to me is a lot of their system architecture was developed in Asia. I mean, it's interesting it's not really too intriguing, but yeah, no. for me, it's interesting because sure. it just shows that it's a global economy and you can't be reliant on what's in your region because everyone is really connected. Yeah, I mean, I think that the journey, whatever the journey is, at some point in your life, you start working. Correct. And that's different for others, some people than others. But you, that journey of 
how you progress from somebody that has a job to a career to someone that's traveling around, you know, whether you're there to learn or you're there to teach, you're there to give or you're there to take. Like it, it's crazy where life brings you and that's really where that, that question stems from. Next question, so outside of drones, what is your favorite industry that you've worked in? Electric automotive. I think that's that's been the most interesting just because it's been the most dynamic and it's been the most impactful. I believe if the automotive industry didn't electrify themselves, every other sector that's looking to electrify themselves or change their their source of energy wouldn't have been moving as quickly. Right. So I like think carbon I think, footprint awareness started with automotive. Oh yeah, definitely, huh. definitely. Just think of it. Ten years ago, where were we? There was a Prius. There was a Prius, <laughs> yeah, and there still is a Prius. Right. But that was that was about it. Correct. Yeah. All right. So last question might be the toughest one. Cubs, White Sox, Cubs. Bulls, Blackhawks, Cubs, or Cubs, Bears. Cubs. Overall, Cubs. You're just used oh, to yeah, losing. I'm a, I'm a big. Uh, hey, uh, we won uh, once. You got. Yeah. We won once. Took a while. And that's and that's good. And hey, it's good enough. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. That was, definitely. That was oh cool. yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, on my phone, I, I travel with the W. So <laughs> it's interesting that you mentioned sports and stuff. And like, I, I'm not from a, a sports city. I'm from Salt Lake City. So we have one and a half jazz. teams. Yeah, I love the jazz more than anything. And you're the Michael Jordan pushed off, <laughs> Brian Russell. And uh, anyway, I, it's interesting that you said you're a sports guy. I throw that in here. It's interesting. you know. That's interesting look, that, that you ended with that. Yeah. But, well, <laughs> it's not over. I have two more questions, oh, yeah. but not, not these fast questions. But I'm not a personally a big baseball guy. Got it. So I, I think it's like you have to live around it and be around it and kind of grow up with the culture to really get it or play at a level. I was just watching the World Series game. I'm like, are these guys going to be able to get through like the first five innings before I have to go oh, man. to this interview? Let's wrap it up. Okay, so <laughs> what do you think is the next big thing for, you know, charging technologies? Is it is it getting smaller? Is it getting faster? Where is it different materials? Just higher voltage. Just higher voltage. Yeah, higher okay. voltage. It's really getting to what's going to be the needs of solid state batteries. Are solid state batteries going to be able to accept faster charge rates? Mm -hmm. If that's the case, then charge power is going to go up. Necessarily doesn't mean higher voltages at that point. But current technologies, yes, just higher voltage. It's going to allow higher power, yet less current traveling through. So it's really raising the efficiency levels, right? Current technology. So the last question is for people that are looking to provide something new, let's say they have a technology and they're trying to provide that into the drone industry, what have you found is the most valuable way to get connected within the industry? So first is understand who the key players are in the industry. So who are the key OEMs, who are the key suppliers, who are the target audience? Right, you have to know all the first, all the front end market research. Know the landscape. Know what competitive products are out there, and see what your value proposition is based off of what the needs and gaps are. I saw a lot of parallels in where the drone market is before, as to where it is now and where it's. I believe it's going. The key indicators are where the gaps are and where you want this market or application to progress to. If you have something new and you believe it's something that's going to be a game changer or disruptive in the industry, but that's supposed to be beneficial to who the end customers are that are purchasing these products, I think that's something that you have to promote, but also be cognizant 
of the rate of change in the industry. Mm -hmm. Because even though it's something that you believe might be beneficial, it doesn't necessarily mean the industry is going to change as quick because it might not be something that's ready for market. Right. Just take parallels of the automotive industry. Right. So how do you promote that? You, you mentioned promoting the product. What is, do you find is the best way to get in front of the people that are you know, a stakeholder in the industry? So I think one is these trade shows. So like in the, in the UAV space, commercial UAV, the AUVSI, be a part of the organizations that are key and critical to that market space. And then make yourself aware to all the market share leaders. See what they're using right now contact the folks through trade shows or through any type of connections you could get through LinkedIn or any social media, you know, because more oftentimes than not, and it's kind of interesting in this industry versus others, people are more receptive to respond back to you because the UAV space is more of a progressive and dynamic space than a lot of other industries that have been used to the same legacy technologies for decades. So reach out to people. I mean, the worst that they could say is they don't want to talk to you. The best thing they could say is, oh, we, we want to listen to what you have to say. It could benefit us or our technology or our application or our end customer. And really just stay on top of the trends, see what's happening in the market and where your product fits. Because if you see that there's a need and that need is a gap that's not in the industry, it's something that you definitely have to, to keep on being persistent about and just channeling the marketing efforts to the people that could make that product happen for you. Right. Well, Rod, this was one instance of, you know, you, you telling the people what they might need and what they might not know, not know. And I appreciate you taking the time to chat with me. I appreciate you guys having the opportunity yeah, to, right. to talk with me because it's something that I personally am invested in. Mm -hmm. I think the drone industry or the UAV industry is is going to be more prominent than people expect it to be, even with all the projections that are in the hundreds of billions of dollars by 2020x, yeah. right? I think it's going to be more critical. That it's, it's going to be a space that has huge potential for growth because it's not really focused on one market. It spans the whole market space it has a further reach than anything that's wheeled because the sky's the limit, so to speak. Good one. <laughs> Good one. But yeah, man, I, I mean, you taking the time, it's, it's obviously not something that I was very familiar with. And maybe listeners are going to be like, yeah, I mean, charging technology, who cares? Yeah, yeah. But it is something that, you know, it's, it's another piece of the puzzle. It's something that we maybe should be more aware of. And so anyone that is maybe listening and thinking, well, yeah, I want to do something smarter. I need a differentiator. I'm trying to elevate this, this, this to the next level. You know, here's a contact. Yeah, for sure. Making magic happen. Appreciate it. Thank yeah. you so much. Sounds good, man. Thanks for listening. Make sure to head to FLIR.com slash Delta for more episodes and downloads. Also, subscribe or follow to make sure to catch all the FLIR Delta content. If there's a topic you'd like us to cover, someone you'd like us to sit down with, or a way we can make this podcast even better, make sure to send us your thoughts to delta.podcast at FLIR.com. Again, thanks for making FLIR Delta part of your connection with the drone industry.